0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 222 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And I'm Barbara. What's happening, Barb? How are you? Freaking great. Freaking?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: How does one become freaking great? Because last week you were bleeping busy.
1: Well, I am both, but (laughs) I don't know. You've come to terms with it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm just great.
0: Nice. How's the training going for the triathlon?
1: You know what? I am all in. I decided that the only way that I'm going to be able to get my training in is early in the morning. So I've gotten up at 6 a.m. every day this week. I bought a brand new bike, so I biked uh, 10 miles Wednesday and Thursday morning. This morning, I got up and ran seven miles, and I joined the country club, so I'm going to start swimming Monday. Or Actually, oh. I've got to go to Alabama for my son's baseball tournament, or I'd start tomorrow. But yeah, so I'm ready. I'm in. Yeah, I'm sounds
0: like you got quite the uh, regimen yeah. in place here. Thanks for
1: asking, because I told you I'm in it to win it, so there's no <laughs> playing in my world.
0: And the country club, I mean. Ooh
1: la well, la, right? Well, it's like literally point eight miles from my house and I wanted to go to the old pool that I used to train in, but they raised it, so it's pretty much a wash. Yeah. It's it's worth the hundred bucks for three months to be point eight miles away. So
0: that is convenient.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah.
0: It's about time we start hitting this industry for donations to support Barb and Team Voices from the Bench for the Race for the Future. Yep. So this is how it works people. <laughs> Barb's going to go out there. I'm going to try, but I'm still trying to put a team together, but Barb's going to go out there and do this triathlon. And the whole reason she's doing it is to raise money for the Foundation for Dental Laboratory Technology. You have to go to this episode show notes and we're going to put a link well, you click on this link, and that's where you can donate money. It's going to ask you, where do you want the money to go? And you got to put either Barb's name or Team Voices from the bench.
1: And I would just like to add, if you do, thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. Because the money goes to a really, really, really great. We've seen the, the grants and the scholarships and everything that this money goes to, and it's all given back to technicians and so i thank you in advance if you do donate thank you thank you thank you and i'm gonna bust my ass just saying
0: none of this money goes to pay for barb's country club renewal
1: (laughs) (laughs) you get in the damn river and swim a freaking half a mile and talk to me about later
0: i'm good i don't even (laughs) want (laughs) to i don't want to get anywhere near any water (laughs) the race is august 28th it's in chicago and for the first time this year on the 27th there's a half day of some free education great lineup we got an upcoming episode talking to some people that are presenting so this is what you should either do a go donate money to support barb b come to the race and cheer on all the great racers and attend the free education or c come participate in the triathlon Keep in mind, I'm still looking for a swimmer and a biker for my team and to the free education. Or best yet, D, all the above. Donate. Come to the race. Get some free education. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of labs are in the Chicago area.
1: Exactly. This is
0: free. Just hop in the car, bus, subway, Uber, whatever you need to do. Come get some free education for some great speakers. Yeah. agree. All right. Enough about that. So make sure you stick around to the end of the episode to hear all the great audio thanks we got to wrap up CDT and Dental Technician Appreciation Month. So this week we got to talk to the very first employee ever to a little company called 3Shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you ever hear of it, Barb? No, no. I think I've seen a few of them in a, a couple of the labs that I visited. Just a few, though. Rune Fisker didn't know a lot about dental when two recent college grads approached him to help him take their scanner to the next level. First, taking on and dominating the hearing aid industry, it was only a matter of time before they realized that they could scan a dental mold as easy as an ear mold. Hmm. They might not have been the first to the industry, but they certainly became one of the best. Rune comes on to talk about the history and timeline of 3Shape, what and who has helped shape, get it, the company to what it is now, and getting into intraoral scanners, and what 3Shape is working on next that Rune feels are the hot trends in dentistry. So join us as we chat with Rune Fisker. Whitmix introduces VariGuide OS, a Class 1 CE-certified resin material developed for the production of high-precision surgical guides for use in dental implant surgery.
1: The new material is formulated for 3D printing systems, meaning the DLP, SLA, and LCD at both 385 nanometers and 405 nanometers.
0: VariGuide OS has been successfully tested for biocompatibility and meets all mechanical property requirements. The resin features an easy post-processing method and produces highly accurate surgical guides with a high quality surface.
1: Sleeves may be inserted directly after printing with excellent fit. Material can also be sterilized by autoclave, steam, ethylene oxide, or gamma rays without affecting the dimensional stability physical properties and biocompatibility
0: for more information about vera os visit whitmix.com or call 1-800-626-5651 and as always we appreciate your support of the podcast whitmix voices from the bench the interview We are super excited to welcome to the podcast today, someone finally on the podcast to represent 3Shape. Now, I've never heard of 3Shape. I'm just kidding. Rune Fisker, welcome to the program. How are you, sir?
2: I'm very good. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. Oh, yeah.
0: So, Rune, you were suggested to me by multiple people as kind of the go-to 3Shape guy. What's your story? How did you get as connected with 3Shape?
2: Yeah, it actually goes right back to the start because uh, Nikolai uh, Dykeman and, and Klaus uh, Tyson founded 3Shape uh, in, uh, in August 2000 in uh, Copenhagen. Oh. And wow. I basically joined as the first employee mid-September. You were the first employee of 3Shape? Yes, the very first one starting out in uh, one room apartment in one of the two founders' home, basically. And that was 22 years ago already? Time is flying, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Before we get into the start of 3Shape, where do you come from? Do you have a dental background?
2: No, so I actually have a master and a PhD in computer vision and mathematics. I would say I understand dental quite well today. I've spent the last 17 years in the dental area, yeah. but I have an engineering background. So you're brilliant, pretty much. I will let other people judge that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if you were the one of the first employees and you started out with Tice, I'm sure that you guys had some great conversations.
2: I, don't know, I mean, I was starting coding. I still remember when I started out in TreeShape, the first after 15 minutes introduction, then I started programming. Uh, that was what I did for the first three years. Wow. So, how does something like that come together? Yeah, but that's a good uh, good question. So it was basically uh, Thijs uh, in his master's thesis at the Technical University of Denmark uh, did a 3D scanner uh, f- yeah, as this as project. And that was the foundation for TreeShape. And then he met uh, Nikolaj Dykman at uh, Christmas lunch, uh, which is something we have in Denmark. Uh, every Christmas you go to a lot of Christmas lunch with your friends and friends' friends mm-hmm. and company and so on. And they met on a Christmas lunch. And uh, Nikolaj asked him if they shouldn't start uh, a company together. So it started off as a scanner, but not a th- software? Yeah, it actually started out uh, purely as a scanner company, a scanner idea, I would say. But then we quite fast realized that just having a scan was not enough, right? You sure. need to design also.
0: So what was the idea to scan? What? what yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't it. teeth,
2: was it? No, that's correct. We started out with hearing aids. So, oh uh, so when you make a hearing aid and have medium to high hearing loss, then you are actually taking a silicone impression of your, the ear very similar the same material often used as uh, for dental impressions and we actually made a scanner that could scan that silicone impression and then it could design or we made a cat software that could design uh, in the ear hearing aids and later also ear molds for behind the ear hearing aids so why hearing aids it was a little bit of coincidence it was because this was the, this need to be custom also a customized application And then five, there's five big hearing aid companies in the world. Three of them are in Copenhagen. Oh, really? Uh, There you go. Yeah. So we actually, we wrote all the different, the three hearing aid companies here in Copenhagen. And within a few hours, the CEO from one of them replied to us that he was very eager to learn about hearing aids, what we could do for the hearing aids. Uh, because we realized later that he had uh, filed a patent on this particular technology mm-hmm. a few years earlier so uh, so we went there week after week for uh, until christmas and then we signed a contract with him for a million dollars to get wow. uh, to uh, to develop this uh, scanner and the cat software <laughs> and it's quite funny because I, li- I remember he he was literally saying to us don't go to bahamas and drink up the money <laughs> because at that time we were four young guys we were in the 20s right yeah yeah so that was super exciting and also what's actually pretty impressive was that so we we scanned the uh, the hearing aid impression of course we made a cat software but then in 2001 the hearing aid shells were then printed on 3d printing printers uh, in 2001
0: 2001 that happened
2: wow you know, of course, everyone, especially in the dental field, but you say everyone more or less have heard about 3D printing. But in 2001, this was Star Wars, right? I remember one of our customers saying, this is Star Wars of hearing aids. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so that was very early out uh, on that. And this was the first uh, mass customization application for 3D printing in the world, where there's a lot of different applications today, obviously.
0: But how good were those prints back then? Obviously, you didn't need as much detail as you do with, like, printing dental, right?
2: But, you know, completely correct. No, they were were good enough. Maybe uh, you needed a a few tens of millimeters accuracy, but they were more than good enough for what could be done. The most funny thing was initially the biggest problem was not so much the accuracy, but it was actually to uh, survive the sweat test in the ear because the ear is actually quite a harsh environment. Uh, if you want to have permanently or at least semi-permanently uh, devices placed in there. And that uh-huh. took us, uh, didn't take us, but it took uh, 6 to 12 months to actually be able to realize a material that could stand the environment in the EU. Huh. And what was that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a material developed uh, by a company called Dreve, which is actually also uh, in the dental industry doing, uh, for instance, some 3D printing materials there. But they developed that material but in actually a very short time because they were material experts from the hearing aid industry and he had much better skills than the 3D printing companies uh, had in developing materials. At that yeah. time, the leading 3D printing company was 3D System, as you know, are still around today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was actually a super parallel to today because also today, I mean, 3D printing, of course, is coming massively into the, the dental industry and not at least the labs, but we are still struggling with material properties, right? It's yeah. not a really a yeah. friendly issue anymore. It's about getting the right materials. Like, for instance, uh, when Keystone uh, Splint Soft uh, was launched, it totally turned up and down the Splint uh, manufacturing uh, in labs, right? Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Changed it. Absolutely. So with the hearing aids, is
2: 3Shape still part of that process?
0: Is it still yes. in that industry?
2: So we are still uh, the leader in that industry in terms of both scanners and CAD. All the five big hearing aid companies are using our technology, uh, but it's a very small portion of our revenue. It's less than uh, 2% of our revenue. So today we are effectively a dental company. Yeah. Wow. So how did that shift come about? Yeah, it's quite funny story also, because actually for the first five years, we were very focused on, uh, on hearing aids. And we took, you know, we, after the Widex uh, exclusivity uh, expired, Mm-hmm. With one of the Danish hearing aid companies, then we sold to all the other hearing aid companies. But right from the start, we were aware that there was also a business around scanning dental gypsum models. And in uh, 2004, we remember uh, we started out really looking uh, into that, trying to make the scanner more accurate because the accuracy requirements was much bigger dental models uh, for, for crown bridge work, for instance, than uh, compared to uh, hearing aid impressions. Wow. Who was scanning before? Probably nobody. Yeah, there was a few systems. Actually, we have to credit Noble BioCare. And Mass Anderson, the employee was called, There was the original inventor with the old Proceria 40 scanner, if you remember that way yeah. back. But it was a probe scanner. Yeah. And also there was Edcon in Germany that was also out there before us, actually with a very good scanner for that time. Yeah, but we actually, we had a breakthrough kind of inaccuracy in 2004. Mm-hmm. And then there was a very legendary meeting down at IMS i ICOR in Germany, which is still providing milling machines today to, uh, yeah. to the lab industry, where the CEO at uh, that time uh, asked us, okay, so I have now learned that you can make a really good uh, dental scanner, uh, but can you also make a dental CAD software? So he
1: pushed you into it,
2: huh? Exactly. It's a little bit of, it's a funny story, right? No, we were all aware, we were, all the time we were aware that there was an opportunity there. And also when we designed our second generation of scanners, we made it so big that it could take a dental cast. Mm. So we knew from the start. But then uh, we were down to this meeting and he said, there's IDS coming up in March uh, 2005. And we need a scanner, your scanner there for dental with a, a cat software that can do inside-out copings. Mm. And we thought, okay, we have done hearing aids. Dental is a little bit the same, right? It's a CAT yeah. software. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we actually, in uh, from uh, I think it was November 2004, uh, pulled together a small team and made the first CAT software that could do nothing else than uh, inside-out copings. So, uh, and we showed that ideas. And because we were the first open system, and we had a really, really accurate scanner, we had the most accurate uh, scanner. At that time in the market, then uh, it actually took off within the next 12, 6 to 12 months uh, from there. Wow.
0: So it all started with just copings.
2: It, yeah, isn't it funny to think today? I mean, today we have the full range of indications, right?
0: Sure. But in, yeah. At
2: that time, summer uh, 2005, it was all about doing copings and frameworks that was then hand veneered. And nothing about designing the crown first and cutting back. That was not before much later all that arrived. So there has been a tremendous development, right? Uh, yeah. A few, very few percentages of lab had CAD CAM and only a small fraction of that was actually of the CAD CAM, sorry, of the indications done in there or the work done in there was actually covered by CAD CAM. It was basically a zirconia coping system, a coping and framework system, right?
0: Is that where it all started, just doing zirconia copings?
2: That's where CAD CAM in Dental started yeah, on the lab remember. side. Yeah,
0: but. Mills weren't really available, so what were people doing in the early days? Outsourcing. Yeah,
2: so it is, so Denzel Catcam started out with outsourcing to Noble Biocast Proceria Central. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, That's so good. you had these uh, probe scanners. It it looks like a, uh, it's even not fair to call it a dinosaur, but uh, yep. it was mm-hmm. all about. Uh, so you scanned the uh, you scanned the gypsum die, and then all you could do was send that scan. And uh, just, just send that scanner and create a coping.
3: Yep. And then yep. they will
2: mill a coping centrally for you. Yep. But one of the big successes for us was actually we joined up with IMS iCall in 2005. And they were the first one, really, or at least one of the two first ones, really to provide a milling machine hmm. together with the CAT CAM system. You guys were? No, so we only made scanners and CAT, right. But IMS iCall... Uh, that was okay. later taken over by VLAN, that was later taken over by oh. Ivoclar, uh-huh. and made a really good, really, really good milling machine. Then they stopped
0: making the Vland
2: <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Then then uh, they became later on. Actually, it all started with Emes and VLAN making a joint venture for the milling, providing our scanners to the market. They never would have
0: brought forth this milling machine if it wasn't for your software.
2: No, it all comes together. I mean, we were needing them. They were needing us, right? Yep. Yeah. And in those days, it was funny, VLAN was in the six and seven, VLAN took completely off and they were more than 50% of our revenue was coming for VLAN. And you should remember in five, we are still only 30 people. Wow. And with just uh, a few days ago, crossed 2000 people in tree shape. So wow. we'll get back to that. So how did that
1: go? So you guys combined resources and then you started selling the software as well as the milling machine. Is that when you guys really started taking off?
2: Yes, so there was, you can say the first wave for 3 was actually the hearing aid, right? Right. Then the next wave was the lab scanners. And it really took off with us providing an open system. Mm-hmm. So accurate scanner, great cat software that was then enhanced every year, uh, multiple times a year. Sold together with initially primarily the milling machine uh, from VLAN slash IMAS. But later on, more milling machines came in, more company became resellers right of tree shape with different combinations of mills not at least materials and of course also later here 3d printers yeah Mm. so do you think
1: that's one of the things that made you guys super successful was the fact that you were an open system and there weren't a lot of those and still aren't
2: that's that was completely key that that has always been our dna to be an open system and uh, and that was made us so unique right and then also you probably don't know, I uh, don't remember, but there was around 20 different CAT softwares at that time. What? they all <laughs> over the world, right? And we basically out-competed them. <laughs> and effectively, today, there's a two-horse game, right? Between yeah. us and uh, ExtroCAT.
1: Yeah. So when you say outcompete, like, how did you do that?
2: It was always about doing better and faster scanners. And in the many first years, there was an indication race going on, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, not just do cobings but then also doing abutments and then you had to do full crowns and cut them back. Yeah. But then you, uh, and I remember there was a period where we were, where we were behind dental wings. If you remember that, them doing full anatomy crowns and cutting them back to make better coping. So they were supported. And then of course you add uh, telescopes and post and cores. And of course the last, the big missing indication is now dentures. uh, and removables in general, right? Yeah. Uh, Which is also really coming and growing very fast. So there's been this indication race, we call it where the other basically couldn't follow our innovation pace and speed. So
1: you guys, what, were you working like 24 hours a day doing this? Because there was still (laughs) a very small staff or small team of people.
2: No, I mean, today, of course, we have much more people. And of course, when we launched, uh, it was 30 people. But, uh, but of course, a few years later, we crossed 100 people because the whole lab software uh, did so uh, well. Uh, lab scanners and software, right? Yeah. So uh, let me just uh, get the exact numbers here. now, so you can say in 2009, we crossed more than 100 people. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we grew quite rapidly at that time.
1: Were you guys all based in that one area or were they all over the world when you started hiring new people?
2: No, we opened up a U.S., for instance, U.S. office. So you can say we have, if we go back, we have a headquarter in Copenhagen. Yep. Then we already, uh, in 2006, opened up in Ukraine, mm. where we have a big site also today with 400 people. And there's a whole story around the war.
1: Yeah, uh, I was going to say.
2: But, but yeah, and it's a horrible situation. Luckily, now the... And unacceptable of the Russian invasion. But luckily now people are coming back to Kiev. And of course, uh, it goes uh, well on the battlefields in most part of the countries, right? So, um, and then we have a production in Poland, uh, which I actually moved to Poland, where we produce all the scanners. And then we start opening up offices and we actually opened our U.S. office, was our first sales office. uh, And we opened that up. I was, I cannot, I have to admit, I cannot remember, but I think it was eight or nine or something like that. So very early, we we established offices, and today we are in more than 27 locations, where most of it is is basically uh, sales offices, right? But there's a couple of really big sites, which was uh, Copenhagen, Poland, and Ukraine, but also the U.S. is very big. There's, I believe, around 80 people in the U.S. I bet it is.
0: (laughs) Is that your biggest market or which country is your biggest area?
2: Yeah, so the single biggest country is the US, but we are basically selling to 120, 140 countries. So, of course, it's the US, it's the big countries in Europe, and it's also China, Korea, Japan. Wow. Really? Korea, huh? Yeah.
1: That's interesting.
2: Yeah, this is a, so the CAD, CAM industry, uh, both on lab but also I O S on clinic, is a complete global industry. So it's the same people you compete with all over the world. Of course, some are stronger in some markets than others, but it's 100% global industry. Wow.
0: So you alluded to a little bit the timeline of what 3Shape was able to produce. So it started with copings. Did you say the next thing was abutments? I believe so, yeah. That's insane to go from a coping to an abutment without even doing a full contour crown yet.
2: But you should remember when we were in 5, and I mean, all the way up to Broxia really came. So there was two parts. Broxia disrupted the world. The Dental sure. World with bringing in full Siconian. And, and I guess you know the story as good as me, that it really <laughs> have taken over the world, uh, basically, for, an, uh, for single crowns, uh, right? And also for multiple crowns. But at that time, everything was hand Until mm-hmm. Broxia came, of course, there was a little bit of pressing, a little bit of Emacs, But effectively, 95% was, uh, or at least 90% was copings that were then hand veneered. And then the next, it's quite funny, the next innovation was actually to to do anatomical copings. Because then you have better support for the ceramics. So you design your anatomy first, and then you cut back the crown. So that was a big innovation at that time. (laughs) And people were super excited about it. Copings that just had support. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So outside-in copings, we also, instead of yeah. inside-out was made, you know, inside-out, but uh, this was outside-in copings, uh, designed from the crown and cut back, so with support.
0: So when abutment started, again, I mean, people weren't milling those, and a lot of people still aren't, but where were those going?
2: Yeah, they were going, I mean, some people mill them locally, some people sent them to milling centers, right? Yeah. So, of course, Atlantis is very big, especially in the U.S., but a lot of people today design, for instance, with, uh, design themselves and send them to Artyom or other yeah. manufacturers. There's a lot of manufacturers globally, uh, especially outside the US where the rules are not as tight as the US, where you can design your own coping and send it uh, for manufacturing at a milling center. For instance, like Strauman or Nobel's uh, big milling centers.
0: Yeah, did Three Shape work with implant companies to help design this
2: software, or it's it's actually a funny story. We we work so we work with all major implant companies in the world, but the department software was actually very much developed together with GlideWell at that time. Oh, so uh, yeah, at that time we were working very closely with GlideWell, especially for the department software. Why Glidewell? Did you approach them or did they approach you? or? I mean, they uh, have a lot of tree-shaped licenses and we were an open system and classical Jim wanted to uh, de- to do things himself, right? Also <laughs> yeah. on, uh, on abutments. So, uh, and we were the go-to company for that. So that was why we worked together. They, they, were, they were early movers and we had the technology capabilities.
0: That's awesome. I imagine it was all titanium back then.
2: Yeah, yeah. Totally titanium. Totally yeah. titanium.
1: So how does it work to be a manufacturer that accepts files from 3Shape? Do they also have to have like a license per year?
2: No, there's no, uh, I mean, a manufacturer can just, I mean, either you just uh, do, upload uh, an STL file uh-huh. and you can, get, you can pick that up or it can also be sent via the cloud to a manufacturing inbox, Right. Yeah. There's no licenses. Also, I would like to say, I know that most U.S. customers have a service contract, but it's not mandatory with the 3Shape Lab software to have a license.
1: Wow, that's a benefit.
2: But most customers in the U.S. have it to get the software update to get service and support. Yeah. But it Which hasn't be mandatory for five plus years, something like that.
1: So any manufacturer can work with 3Shape and, and they don't really have skin in the game. And I'm not saying that negatively, but... So they can just accept those files and and you're giving them business pretty much.
2: Yeah. Yes. Of course, you can say the more smart manufacturers uh, like Arjun or, for instance, uh, Ivoclar have been uh, selling systems, right? Yeah. Because it's a little bit like the scanner is the gatekeeper for manufacturing, also for selling materials and mills and so on. So a lot of, uh, I would say all resellers of shaped today, is uh, also interested in the actual manufacturing part either to sell materials or to sell equipment um, or yeah
0: well I mean let's be honest if you get your three shape through Argon like we did at our lab you're pretty much it comes set up to send stuff to Argon it makes sense
3: yeah
2: That's the whole idea. It's a little sure. bit like, of course, you can send to others also. Yeah. But the the default, <laughs> the default exactly. is to, it goes to RTM, right? And that's that's why you sell scanners. Yeah. Uh, that's the main. Of course, you also make some uh, some money on it, but it's really to drive the materials. And actually, in the early days when uh, Zikonia prices uh, was much higher, a lot of especially milling centers actually gave away the scanner against commitment. So that was a very popular model in the early days of Catcam.
0: Oh, free scanner! If you get zirconia from yeah, us, yeah. type yeah, of yeah, yeah, free
2: scanners. If you buy forty cobings with us, you get a free scanner. Uh, yeah, if you buy forty cobings with per month.
0: Yeah, you don't see that anymore.
2: <laughs> no, that, but no, that's but it's a little bit like cell phones, right? Yeah. Sure. You could also get a cell phone at least in, in in Europe for one euro, against commitments.
0: They used to do the penny
2: one here. Yeah, uh, yeah, same.
3: <laughs> but that's also.
2: To a large extent, it's not completely gone, but it totally disappeared again because people want open systems, and of course, everyone knew that it was not a free lunch, right? Yeah. What you got free with one hand, you paid with the other hand, right? So, so that completely disappeared also as open completely prevailed. But it was a big growth driver for TreeShape uh, for many years. The whole closed system gives scanners away for free, very high Sequoia prices.
3: Mm.
1: So was that ultimately always a part of your business plan was that you were going to allow the manufacturers to be able to sell the scanners or did that come about in a late night conversation between you guys?
2: No, it was always clear. I mean, it's all the way back to uh, Ivoclar, uh, VLAN, IMS that then turns into Ivoclar later. They are here to sell the Ivoclar materials and the mills, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been more or less the same thinking that everyone else applies when it comes to the lab systems. You're in it to sell the consumer ball or the material afterwards, or at least to sell more, right? Yeah, I tell you what, every, everybody
1: I know has three-shaped scanner, that's for sure.
2: Oh, we are standing extremely strong in the, in the US. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. You hardly ever run into a place that doesn't have three-shape.
2: We have some very good market shares. Um, I'm smiling now, if you can see it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely a compliment.
2: Thank you. No, no, we also graceful for the trust
0: so when you add on additional aspects to three shape you know you start off with coping and then you decided to do abutments where do these ideas come from manufacturers or labs saying hey this is what we want
2: 95 percent because of labs really? so it was all about visiting users i still remember a legendary early story was so when we started out edcon was the best system right uh, yeah. And I remember Thais, uh one of the two founders and me going around in Germany, visiting five customers that all had Edcon. And they were mm. all saying, we don't like TreeShape at all. We like Edcon much more. And we were asking them, why not? And then uh, a year later, we did the same tour. And then everyone preferred TreeShape hmm. of those uh, five because we upgraded the, the software, right? And this has always been about listening to customers, listening to uh, people, uh, labs with good ideas, so it's always been the lab, the technicians that have come with input to us. Yes, there's been a very few, they can say, strategic moves to help resellers, but that's generally not the case. It's all about input from the technicians wow. and from labs.
1: Super smart, too, because we're the ones that are using it day in and day out. And if you didn't listen to us, you'd probably be in trouble. And that's the whole
2: point. It's you that know what should be improved, right? Of yep. course, we have ideas. Of course, we have visions. But overall, you know what should be improved. What? What? How can we? help you every day. Normally, a lot of people ask, so what was TreeShape's success? Is what that we understood. We spent a lot of time understanding the customers, the labs. Yeah. And I think we understood them better than most of the other uh, competitors. And then we heavily invested in, uh, in innovation or development resources in realizing what we understood. And that's still the core of TreeShape today.
0: So you started off outside of dental. How did you position yourself to understand
2: it so much? Did you spend a lot of time in a lab? I visited Perth. today I'm, I don't think I ever said that. Today I'm an SVP of product strategy, right? So what does that mean? That means I decide uh, what we develop. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But my number one role is to understand the customer. And I have been visiting hundreds of labs around the world and still do that today. Yeah. It's not more than a few weeks ago since I was last time in the lab. Of course, it's not just me today, but some of my colleagues in the lab team are with a lab this afternoon here, a local lab here. But we visit labs all the time to understand. We talk to them also. Treeshape Study Group is the Facebook
3: group with more
2: than uh, 35,000 labs being on there. It's great information and resource also uh, for discussions and inputs. So it's all about talking to customers, talking to uh, watching and following the social medias, uh, having discussions there. And of course, today we also look a lot on big data. What are people doing? How is it moving the whole market, right? So
1: you said social media. So do you guys jump on and listen to to what people are saying and get feedback as well there?
2: Yeah, you can see I'm uh, regularly, myself regularly in discussion with users almost daily uh, in discussion with users. Uh, on uh, the, the, the two main study groups, which is wow. a 3 shape study group, yep. but there's also a three-year study group for the intro all scanner side. Wow.
0: I had no idea that you were so involved with that 3 shape study group. And we, we've talked to many people on this podcast that mention it. We just had men on, who is a moderator on it. I had no idea that three-shape was listening that much.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I can promise you, we have a lot of people following that every day what goes on there. Sometimes we also get involved, but of course, we, we generally love that Min and the other moderators and users of Treeshape is active there themselves, and it's run more than a user group than a company, yeah. company
1: group, right? So I've got a, a different sort of question for you. So one of the pain points is, you know, anytime that somebody that's using your, your scanner needs a little bit of help. What is your company doing in the United States to build up your customer service and be able to get online and help people out when they have issues?
2: That's a great, that's a great question. So you can say our business model today is that, um, at least the official business model today, is that the reseller should help you. And that's ah. why uh, both Arjun and also San uh, and mm-hmm. several of the other resellers actually have uh, solid support teams. Awesome. But we are, of course, increasingly also strengthening our own support. So it will be increasingly possible also to reach out directly to TreeShape. Yeah, that's
1: super important. That's the only thing that I've heard that, you know, could be improved somewhat.
3: But
2: I know that you guys are, and I was just curious. That's a great, great answer. Thank you. Yeah, so we're actually moving faster here into all, into all the scanner side, where we are actually already with the trias. Where we are already today uh, taking a number of the customers, supporting now a number of the customers directly. So, but we will address that together with our good reseller partners, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I know for us as a laboratory, we've had no issues in the, probably the past six to eight months. It's it's been great. That's great to hear. Yeah. And we've got at least ten. <laughs> yeah, okay,
2: that's quite <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's a it's a larger scale, and, and we've you know we've we've had great customer service.
2: So that's great to hear. That's great yeah. to hear.
0: So you mentioned Trios. When yep. did that all come about? That, and I've heard this, and <laughs> I probably agree on the receiving side. Probably one of the best scanners out there.
2: We launched a Trios in, in 2011. So uh, at again at IDS. So the International Dental Show in Cologne. Yeah. So we launched it. Uh, launched it there. Uh, the first one. The three years uh, one. We have worked on that three four years at that time, and it was quite clear also that you know there was a big opportunity not just to digitalize the lab, but also to digitalize the whole impression taking uh, right in the clinic side. Mm-hmm. So we launched the first uh, version uh, there. Uh, it, it was the, f- <laughs> the first version was not very good <laughs> in yeah. eleven. But it got actually much better in 12 because there we had made some improvements. For instance, we had forgotten to put a heater <laughs> into the scanner, which yeah. was quite a massive uh, flaw. But still sure. remember competition at that time, Sereg uh, and Ontario. you need to press a paddle one uh, to take a picture, one picture at a time, where we were full video, no spray, and so on. And of course, uh, the trias has been a massive success yep. for tree shape and especially around 2015 and 2016, where we introduced 3S3, which was you know, half the weight, half the double the speed, uh, half the size, uh, tree shape uh, exploded uh, you know again. And this is of course, it's the third wave. And this is still what is uh, fueling our growth and the main reason for us now being at rounding 2,000 employees uh, yeah, last week.
0: Hmm. So you were the first scanner that didn't need the spray.
2: Uh, to be fair, to Eiteria uh, also didn't need a spray at that time. Okay. But you can say we were the first one that didn't have spray that had video mode and where it was significantly easier and faster to scan than any other scanner on the market. It was very disruptive at that time.
0: The other scanners were, you had to take a picture for every one, just like click, 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 Yeah, click, you took. Click.
2: Yeah, if you took, instead of taking a video, you took single pictures, like exactly click, click, click. And it was often slow to take those pictures. Either you need sure. to press a pedal, or you need to click on the scanner itself to grab a picture. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's hard to imagine today when you see the latest scanners, right? Yeah, fast as hell today. Yeah, I mean, they're super fast. I mean, if you are really fast, you can scan with the TRIOS in 15 seconds, right? For mm-hmm. for full arch. So, uh, so, and that is, you can say, that one of the biggest trends now, is the whole intro all scanning is uh, is extremely booming Uh, last year. So what generally, when you look at technology adoption, Mm -hmm. what you see is that it will typically follow an S-curve. So it will go very slow for many years. Then it will go very steep for maybe five or ten years. And then it will be flat again, right? When you Mm -hmm. go to maybe 90%. And right now in the US, we are around 30-35% iOS penetration, Mm -hmm. and it's likely, and it's really on the steep adaption curve right now, and it's likely to double within the next uh, few years. So also as a lab, you really need to be uh, ready to receive uh, intraoral scans. Our lab is probably
1: 80% at this point intraoral scans. No
2: kidding. That's is very impressive. So
1: I think we're on the high end, and one of the things is is that we deal with a lot of DSOs in both Aspen and Heartland. They're putting those scanners in every single one of their offices as fast as they can, and they're adopting this technology, and they are just moving very swiftly. So, I would agree with you. For us personally, it's 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 high, very
2: high. I mean, we we see the the first laps around the world, for instance, Semec in Sweden. Uh, but also a number of our labs being hundred percent digital today and only are accepting in scans. Yep. Eighty percent is very high. But yeah. even in the US uh, it's is twenty to thirty percent of all cases today are lab cases today are coming in, in enrolly.
0: That's a national average?
2: That's a that's a national average, yeah.
0: Interesting. I thought it would be higher by now.
2: Yeah, not really because I think it's quite uneven distributed. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the whole coast.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's both a scanner adaption, but it's also. Uh, and I also remember that not all cases are digital yet, right? Mm-hmm. So even though that 30 to 35% of the offices might have an enthralled scanner, many have not adapted it to all the clinical procedures yes, yet, right? So for instance, dentures or partials or oh, sometimes yeah. even implants for are sure. not uh, done digitally yet, right? Yeah. True. So yeah. despite the high penetration, the number of cases is still lower, but of course it's it's going dramatically up, and it's doubled in a few years, right? There was also some LMT studies uh, recently where it was uh, completely booming.
0: So, what do you sell more of, trios or desktop scanners?
2: I by far trios today.
0: I was so it's actually
2: yeah. so so today it's less than two percent hearing aid. It's around fifteen percent uh, lab revenue, and then everything else is trios. Really. Wow. Yeah. So uh, and it's I think it's five years ago at Crust. We still have very strong feelings for for the labs, both historically, but also because it's uh, plays an important role in the whole uh, digital ecosystem.
1: So do you like dealing with clinicians or labs better?
2: <laughs> I know and, the answer uh, to that already. I'm actually not sure, you know, because I if I should choose, <laughs> you cannot quote me. You cannot quote me for this. But if I should choose, I would prefer labs. Yeah. Me too.
0: Just think of your audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: well, definitely, as
1: a lab perspective, we've had to take on training for the clients
2: too. I mean, they they need a lot of help. Well, you no, know, for sure, it's not. It's a lot of yeah change management that you need to do in the, on the clinic side, right? Yeah, and also, of course, with CatCam, you know, labs are designing every day, uh, many times a day will a uh, cat cam uh, technician uh, do but on the clinic side they might the dentist might only scan uh, a couple of times a week mm-hmm. if, depending on who else is at the clinic and what type of jobs he's doing right yeah so so do you need uh, do you need help to be fair so that's great you're doing that and I think by the way it's a great opportunity for labs yeah. to provide more service Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's uh Elvis asked me. I'm doing a panel this weekend and one of the bullet points is that we've had to take on the training not only for the clients, but internally, where we've had to get everybody here at Night Dental, at least twenty percent of our staff has gone and gotten trained so that they're able to in turn train. And I just think it's it's the curve you were talking about. It used to be real easy to just dis- discuss an impression material. But now we've got to go through like the 10 bullet points of how to scan.
2: Yeah, and I think also what has changed now is we talk very much uh, about originally it's always the early adapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when they are tech savvy, you know, they know to how to you know, tweak the corners and adapt new technology. But now we're in, in what's called the early majority, right? The mass market. And they are not particular tech savvy, yeah. uh, and they don't wake up uh, to think scanners or technology, every morning, right? Mm-hmm. And they need more help. They need more reliable products. They need products that are easier to use. But at the end of the day, they still need also help, either from the reseller or, or even better from the lab. Yeah. But I think it's also a great opportunity for labs to help the oh, dentist, yeah. right? Yeah. Because there will always be a cheaper crown coming from China or wherever it is. So you need to add value as a lab. Yep.
1: And I think that's where that loyalty factor comes in, too, is if you can take them from not understanding to becoming successful in even any of these cases, you know, they're they're going to be your partner for a long time.
2: I totally agree. That is not about the last dollars or the last even $10 if you really help them Mm -hmm. and advise them. So I believe very much that lab should be careful not to look too much down on the bench, uh, but look up and look at their customers and do service and also marketing and Really work with their customers, right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, you know, people that used to take impressions that you can turn around and, and then they're sending you these excellent impressions. And the same thing that we've seen with some of these guys that just don't have, you know, the skills to scan. And when you go in there and you show them and you teach them and they get it, then you're more successful and they're more successful.
2: I, I 100% agree on this. So it's just great. It's great to
1: hear. Yeah. You know, but like I said, it's 20% of our staff. We've had people um that have have had to go get trained up in north carolina i think it is at the at the area where they're training and you know they come back and they're fully loaded and they're ready to go and you know i just think it's a benefit for both parties
2: 100 percent agree and it's uh i mean you are you're, so much agree to this so it's uh, it's great to hear that you have the same experience also from 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 the lab side
1: so what's next for you guys I should ask. <laughs> now that the world's opened up again, do you, you know, if you can give us a little inclination of
2: anything that's changing or anything different? You can say, as so a first of all, just taking a step back and looking at COVID, COVID have run a tremendous digitalization acceleration. So I believe the whole digitalization loop forward three to five years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Both on the clinic side and, and to some extent also on the lab side. So so if we look at, at trends, there's no doubt that intraoral scanning is the big thing, both on the clinic side, but actually, of course, e- even more on the lab side, right? Yeah. And also we see intra-all scanners being much more than just a digital impression system. We believe ultimately we will scan every patient every time to look for much more than just a digital impression. Yeah. Agree.
1: What is your thoughts on uh, the denture world and scanning for that? How do you think that's going to speed up here?
2: There's no doubt that uh, I actually, I'll be happy to do another series, but I have five trends, current trends for this uh, currently happening this year, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Every start of the year, I published the the five trends for the year, digital trends. But one of the other big trends is really digital dentures. And it is the big uh, missing indication, you can say, in CAD CAM, in lab site, there's no doubt that that's coming very rapidly right now. We are now doing 3 million removal cases in tree shape, mm-hmm. growing more than 100% from, from 2020 to 2021. And we believe that the growth have continued into this year and is likely to double again this year. So, so the whole digital denture, partial area, full and partial removal area is basically booming. Uh, but it's also going to accelerate this further is that the printing materials are getting better and better. So I don't know if you actually saw uh, in Chicago uh, Lab Day, but I was actually introduced three new uh, printing materials for digital dentures there. Awesome. Uh, so it's, are printed dentures good enough yet? Maybe not for the premium, but they're getting very, very close. And, and there's no doubt that that will be a major change also coming. So adaption, radical adaption of partial and full denture workflows. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other big trend we see is generally 3D printing, just like we saw on Splints when Keystone Soft came out. That was a great yep. material. Yep. Uh, and we believe the next big indication to be 3D printed is dentures. And, and I think that's gonna be a massive inflection point for, for adaption going really on the steep side of the curve, uh, mm-hmm. adaption curve. And I think it's gonna go much faster than Crown & Bridge that have taken 10, 15 uh, years, right, to be really adapted.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Oh, you're...
1: Hi, Elvis. How are Hi.
2: you?
1: So that was, you said five trends and you gave me a couple. So are they all in dental?
2: Yeah. So another trend, which is actually far beyond dental, is AI. So if you look at technology megatrends, yeah. you always see robots, you see gene manipulation, you see cloud slash S-computing, and there's always also AI on a, on a top five list. And I personally think that AI is likely the one that's going to change the change the world the most. And and why is that? That because it's so much easier to make computers intelligent. So why uh, why can you speak to Alexa? So I have Alexa at home. So I speak to mm-hmm. uh, to it every day. And what's basically make that possible is AI because it's so good at classification uh, of languages. This is also what makes car drives. And of course, when we come to the dental world. I don't know if you have seen uh, TreeShape Automate, which was launched a little bit more than a year ago, which is uh, basically AI crown in the cloud. So you basically upload a tree uh, scan and AI will 100% automatically find the margin line and design the crown. And and we have designed the 550,000 crowns that have been accepted by Dental Technicians within the last little bit more than a year and it's growing fast months over months. 550,000 AI-designed crowns? Yeah, yeah, have been accepted with an acceptance rate of 91%. Wow.
0: What's that doing to the industry, though? I mean, are, are we finding that we need less technicians
2: because of this? Actually, first of all, there's massive uh, technician shortage. And yeah, sure. you, should, you should remember that this is just yet another step in automation. I mean, look at scan speed. Five or ten years ago, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It took
2: literally 10 minutes to do an inside-out coping. Today you could you can do a, a crown if you do it in the lab in a in a few minutes if you design fast, at least, right? Yeah. So yeah, all yeah. the years there has been productivity improvements. And for me, that's just yet another productivity improvement uh here. But of course, I mean if you progress that, of course, there will be more AI coming in. We also now launched AI Night Guards. And there will be more AI coming in, making the initial, some of it will be 100% automatic, but other things will just make the initial proposal better. Sure. You know, so there's less design time. But I don't see uh, dental technicians going away. And also generally, I'm um, uh, quite uh, very optimistic on behalf of the labs. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And my opinion on that is that we need that. You know, I mean, single bicuspids, molars, all of those things that we don't have people to design, you know, that can help speed all of that up and then all of the harder stuff and, you know, God, you got partials, you've got dentures, you've got smile design cases. There's just so many things that take a high skill level that people need to use that high skill level on the higher skilled cases and have all that other stuff. You know, I think
2: it's a no-brainer. no brainer. No, I think so, too. And that's also why we see, see it is a very rapid a- adoption, right? It's also on the clinic side, of course, where we see we have AI and almost all products there. You know, from 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 removing soft tissue uh, the tongue, the cheek, while you scan live, mm. to uh, in for instance smile design, we find the face of the patient. We segment all uh, scans in what is uh, in, in individual teeth, so we know which tooth is which tooth. Segment the also mm. using AI, and there's a range of other AI pl- applications. Some of them, of course, also coming into the lab software. Yeah. Wow. And then, if we will look at, at the rest, of, we just to wrap up the, the trends, uh, that the, is besides the dentures the other big indication. Of course, is clear liner yeah. that grows very fast. So the whole cosmetic industry is still booming, and of course, clear liners, uh, particularly, is a, is a great treatment. And we see uh, we see that also growing very rapidly. And and uh, with alliance patent expired, there is also great opportunities in that area.
0: So it took the Invisalign patent to kind of go away before other companies could jump on this?
2: Of course. That's why you see so much competition coming out in now. It's yeah. from, you know, the trauma and to the dense runners of the world. But we also see a lot of labs actually uh, starting doing this. I would say all sure. auto labs, but also a number of restorative labs are adapting and starting to offer, offer aligners. Yeah, I didn't
0: realize in three shape you can move teeth with aligners.
2: We have a whole uh, Clearliner Studio package that you can actually... There's a whole uh, package for Clearliner design, Wow. but it's, it's in a separate package, not on the You can say the restorative uh, package is in an auto package there.
0: Sure. So, Rune, are you able to design a crown?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course I can use all our products. I can design a crown. Whether you will accept it, we can discuss. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can, I can, I de- can design uh, definitely design a crown. I can design. I will say all indications to a decent level. I mean, you oh, cannot yeah. make good products if you don't try them yourself and if Bingo. you don't understand the basics. Of course, I will never be as good as you guys, right? Well, as good as Barb yeah
1: thanks uh
2: but I need to understand I need to understand and use our products. This is close to my heart and to what believe create successful uh, products
0: yeah, you're able to do an abutment, you're able to do a digital denture, a night guard, all of that yep, that's pretty nice
2: so uh there will probably be a few clinical corrections that need to be done, but i sure. can I can definitely design it so uh, and we have a big group of people also in development. Uh, that can do that are you able to do a hearing aid (laughs) I have to admit it's a long time ago (laughs) Uh, it was actually quite to the DNA of TreeShape the first week after I started in TreeShape I went out to a our hearing aid company here and spent a day a whole day building my own hearing aid Wow! (laughs) and that's actually so so of course I've also been sitting in labs and designing crowns Uh, copings was easier than crowns I have to admit But uh, yeah, and I also designed dentures and so on to try out the software, right? Mm -hmm. No, no, I have passion for understanding. If you don't understand what the customer is doing, if you don't try it yourself, then if you don't listen to the customers, the users, the data users, then you are never going to be successful. Yeah,
1: I
0: totally
2: agree. Is Tice
1: still around?
2: Tice actually uh, stepped out on the board almost two years ago. So Tice Negolai uh, decided it was time to hire a a professional CSO, CEO. Yeah. And then they are on the board level. But, I mean, I'm going to spend uh, two days with them uh, next week. Oh, good. So, Tyson is regularly in. But on the daily business, it's run by the CEO uh, and, and, and the, the whole team of Treeshape, of course.
1: That's kind of what happens. You see that with a lot of large companies. So, good for him. Give him our best. Yeah, well,
2: things still think that uh, a lot of credit to Tyson and Nikolai. Very few founders managed to take it so long, right? Yeah, exactly. To to, to almost 2,000 people or at least uh, 1,600, 1,700 people. That's yep. quite unusual that it did take it so long.
1: Yep, I agree. We've
0: heard a lot mentioned on this podcast with design, printing, and jewelry.
2: Have you guys ever been in the jewelry business? We actually investigated that back in 2005 or seven, but we actually decided not to do it because in jewelry, it's about, uh, you know, having a, a CAD software that can design. You design a, a ring or some other jewelry one time. And then you printed them many times, right? And cast it. Yeah. So that was not our core business. Our core business mm-hmm. was to make a scan of some human part, then make a custom design for that particular part, crown, hearing aid, denture. We looked at, uh, at, at shoes also in the early days, but that never really took off. We also looked at cosmetic scanners, where you can design cosmetic treatments, so to speak. But also that was not an air uh, and market we decided to go into. So today we are, you can say, 98% a dental company, and there's so big opportunities here that there's more than enough uh, space to to double three shape uh, one more time.
0: That's awesome.
2: Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, Rune, that's some really cool stuff. I really appreciate you coming on, telling us a story about three shape.
2: Yeah, me too. No, thank you very much. It, it was a great uh, story, uh, a great uh, opportunity. Thank you. So uh, I'm still around for for 22 years here now uh, because I still think it's fun. Uh, And we have a slogan we always uh, end with, which is, let's change dentistry together. And I truly believe we are doing that together uh, as lab and technicians. It's no
0: doubt that 3Shape has changed dentistry. (laughs) No doubt
2: at all. All right. But thanks for the opportunity again. Yeah. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Have a great day. You too as well. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Hi. This message is for the many dentists and dental staff that are listening to voices from the bench every week. The fastest growing product that we have at Growth3x are our Growth3x aligners. Growth3x aligners are only available from Growth3x aligner certified labs. Why? Because we believe in the synergies that are being created between you, the dental office, and your lab. And we want to further leverage these synergies. Our aligners are, for instance, used as a pre treatment to larger restorative aesthetic cases. They're used to widen gaps prior to placing implants. They're used to close the diastema, ease crowding, and simply enhance your patient's smiles. Even for your Essex retainer needs, your Growth 3X Aligner certified lab can help. Look for a Growth 3X Aligner certified lab near you, such as Castle Dental Lab in San Antonio, Texas. Ask for Blaine. AMK Dental Lab in O'Neill, Nebraska. Ask for Anne. Stax Dental Lab in McCool, Maryland. Ask for Derek. A.A. Dental Design in Marietta, California, Ask for Frankie, and many, many more. For a complete listing of Grow3X Aligner certified labs, go to www.grow3x.com.
0: Thank you, Grow3X, and we appreciate your support of the podcast.
1: A super big thanks, to Rune for coming on our podcast and talking about something that is probably in most labs around the world, for sure. It's amazing to see the growth that the company has seen since only 2000, and to see how much it has changed and shaped, ha ha, the industry. That's Elvis's pun, not mine. (laughs) I love that the company still sees the important role that lab technicians play in making of restorations, and really love the idea that we come up with most of the ideas that have made three shapes so great. So thanks again, Rune. And now. For audio thanks we got this week to celebrate CDT and Dental Technician Appreciation Month.
5: Hi Elvis, my name is Deepa Bracta and I'm a dental technician working at Dentcraft Dental Lab all the way from UK. Firstly, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you Elvis for giving us technicians this amazing platform and a voice to share our journeys and stories on your podcast. You and Barbara are absolute legends. I want to thank two incredible souls who are phenomenal technicians, one you already know very well, Nina Frickerton, and the other who is fairly new to Instagram, Robert Well, I have learned so much from these two, they have trained me so hard and got the best out of me, and all I want to say to them is thank you for making me the best technician I am today. There are a few others I also would like to thank. One is Janelle, thank you for sending me your coloured waxes. They make my work look incredible. You are so talented. Ian from RAC Dental Lab, all the way from Scotland. I'd like to say thank you to you too for giving me advice on a case. Much appreciated. Um, Dean from Innovate Dental for teaching me some tips, tricks and sharing the knowledge. Thank you so much. And finally, I'd like to say thank you to all those awesome dental technicians out there that follow me from around the world and also the technicians that I follow that have inspired me on this journey. I'm learning, I'm growing from you all. Much love and thank you.
3: Hey, it's Joe Young from Young Dental Laboratory in Philadelphia. And I want to thank all of you. That's right. Every dental
0: technician listening right now, you are an important part of the restorative team.
3: And never forget that. You guys are important. We're all important. Keep up the great job. Keep your chin up. You guys are doing fantastic. And last but not least, I want to thank my brother and
0: his wife, my leadership team, Steve and Rachel Young, that keep me going strong
3: every day. Thank you, guys.
1: (music) This is Barbara Warner, a super big thanks to my father, who pushed me in to being a dental technician so many years ago. And I'd like to acknowledge my son, Zach, who's been an amazing dental technician, and my best friend, Sharon Belak, who's been one for about 40-plus years and is always my rock. Thank you, guys, for doing what you do. I think
3: I got this whole thing wrong at I, I first. So here's another one. Hello, I'm Sandra Purits. the bleeping bleeping technician from Finland and I would like to say thanks to Elvis and Barb for inviting me to the broadcast and everyone in Instagram because I love I want to say thank you to everyone for the pictures of their work because it's an inspiration and and gives quite many new ideas and yeah it's awesome thank you I love you Hi, my name is Samantha Grayson and I would like to thank a lot of you in this field that really strive to push others into making us what we really are in the passion, the knowledge, the drive that we have. Y'all are all appreciated. There's one particular person that I would really love to thank and his name is Keelan Sims. He's the first person that interviewed me For a processor position, he hired me, he trained me, he told me everything by the book, and I carry that with me every day. And the passion that I have now, it's just carried over from what he taught me, and he was so strict, and I love it. Uh, There's a lot of other people that I've met along my journey that I would love to thank as well. Y'all are so awesome. I always asked for help when I needed it, and y'all were always so open to discussing new ideas. And it's just awesome how we just come together, and we're all about the work. It's not about personal things. But to Keelan Sims, the guy that got me in this business or this craziness, thank you. You're so appreciated. Love you. Hello, I'm Linda Ricketson, CEO of Dental Lifeline Network. The board and staff want to thank all the dental lab technicians, certified dental technicians, and lab owners across the country who volunteer their time and talent to help patients through our donated dental services program. Because of your generosity, thousands of people are able to live without pain, smile again, and most importantly, they're able to eat normally again. Since 1985, a volunteer network of 15,000 dentists and 4,300 labs have helped to contribute more than $500 million in donated dental treatment, improving the lives of more than 166,000 vulnerable individuals in all 50 states. None of that would be possible without the volunteer laboratories and technicians like you. Thank you so much.
0: A super big thanks to everybody that sent in their audio thanks. And all of those that said they would send them in to me online and didn't, well, you're out of luck for another year. Sorry about you. Remember, everybody, I'm looking to put together a triathlon team. So if you want to swim or bike, reach out. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. They just wait for me to say goodbye.
1: That is so funny.